Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello and welcome to the program, UFO Warning. In this episode, we're talking about Goldie Hawn, touched by aliens. That's correct, Goldie Hawn, touched by aliens. She's recently come out and said she was actually physically touched during an alien encounter. This is an interesting uh, episode. She, of course, Goldie Hawn partnered with uh, Kurt Russell. He, you know, was one of the folks that reported uh, the UFO over Phoenix back during the whole Phoenix Lights episode, what, 1997? So I want to compare her uh, reaction to this alien encounter that she claimed she had and to another uh, really famous encounter that's been in the news this week because of a new movie coming out involving uh, the Zimbabwe uh, school children encounter over there back in, what, 1994, I think. Two somewhat different reactions. Now, the first article concerning Goldie Hawn comes from Newsweek.com, and it says, Goldie Hawn reveals alien encounter, quote, they touched my face. Now, this is dated October 25th, 2023. It says, Goldie Hawn opened up about her close encounter with aliens, saying they touched her face, and it felt like the finger of God. So we're already getting into some pretty deep emotional water here. The actress spoke about her long-held belief in extraterrestrial beings in the latest episode of Apple Fitness and Audio Experience, Time to Walk, saying that they visited her after she called out to them when she was 20 years old. That was a time when you know there were a lot of UFO sightings, Han said, about her time working as a dancer in California in her early 20s. Now, Goldie Hawn, of course, I believe was in her early to mid-70s, so that would have been, I don't know, 50 years ago. Says, I remember this so clearly. I went outside my door and I sat on the little ledge and I looked up at the dark sky and I saw all these stars, and all I could think of was, how far does this go? How little are we? Are we the only planet in the whole wide universe that has life on it? The actress then called out to any aliens that may be listening. I know you're out there. I know we're not alone, and I would like to meet you one day. So here she is. She's sitting out there on her porch, looking up at this you know, vast uh, star field in the night sky, and she just calls out to these aliens randomly. Okay, four months later, Han was working on a dance job in West Covina, California. Now, that's a town that's uh, east of L.A., north of Anaheim. When she asked to take a nap in a friend's car, she settled down, and she said she got this high-pitched sound in my ear. While hearing the high frequency, Han claimed to see around three triangular-shaped heads. They were silver in color, sliced for a mouth, tiny little nose, no ears. They were pointing at me, pointing at me in the car as if they were discussing me like I was a subject. And they were droning, she added, and described how she was unable to move during the episode until she was able to burst out of it. Years later, Han said she met an astrophysicist at the University of Illinois Urbana-Champaign who wanted to talk to the actress about her encounter. Getting emotional during the Apple episode, Han spoke about how the aliens touched me and it felt like the finger of God. It was the most benevolent, loving feeling. This was powerful. It was filled with light. I just want to say, these feelings can also be produced with 
you know, certain chemical concoctions, whether medication or the other stuff. So the idea that you feel warm, fuzzy, and loving doesn't necessarily mean that it's good intentions from the other side. I mean, all the time people fall in love with bad people. Think about it. So just because her feelings of love and, you know, she felt this, that it was this godlike feeling that this happened to coincide with these entities touching her. It doesn't mean that they were expressing love toward her, in my opinion. I mean, just the fact that she's there, she's paralyzed, she can't move, she sees the things, they're taking complete control of her. They are overriding her free will. And I think that this overriding of her free will extends to the kind of feelings that she's recollecting about this interaction. It goes on, it says, Han would later go to, on to study crop circles and even dreamed of seeing aliens again the night before a mysterious circle appeared near where she was staying. We got to the spot and I was standing on this hill looking down over a valley that was dark. That was exactly the same spot in my dream, she said. Whether or not her experiences were genuine, Han has remained captivated by the concept of aliens and was proud of her curiosity. Quote, we never lose our wonder, Han said. It's just no fun. It's really an important aspect of being an adventurer where nothing is impossible. And then it goes on, it says, Han and her longtime partner, actor Kurt Russell, are no strangers to speaking about their alleged experience with aliens. Russell told the BBC that he was the one to report the headline making alleged UFOs over Phoenix in 1997. Several other witnesses also claimed to have seen a strange V-shaped collection of lights moving over the city. The local Air Force base later said the world were flares, but that did not stop many from believing they were UFOs. Stop right there. We know this is a total bunk about the flares. I've done multiple podcasts about this. This thing was tracked for miles across the state of Arizona. So, and you can go back and look at some of the videos. Maybe there were flares being dropped there somewhere, but what most people saw was this giant V-shaped or delta-shaped UFO going over Phoenix. So I'm not buying the flares thing for one minute. Just a typical parallel narrative that Newsweek's picking up on and, and like a good boy's running with. It says, quote, I was flying my son, Oliver Hudson. I think that's actually maybe his adopted kid. I think that's her son by a first marriage uh, to go see his girlfriend. And we were on approach, he said in the 2017 interview, I saw six lights over the airport in absolute uniform in a V shape. Oliver said to me, I was just looking at him. I was coming in, we're maybe a half a mile out, and Oliver said to me, Pa, what are those lights? Russell continued, then I kind of came out of my reverie and I said, I don't know what they are. He said, are we okay? And I said, yeah, I'm going to call in, and I reported it. Pretty neat. So you can see there, her and her her, uh, partner, uh, I don't think they're actually married, uh, have both had these uh, UFO slash alien experiences. I find this really intriguing how she says you know she called out to these aliens she's uh, laying there asleep in this car and then she has this experience where they touch her face and she feels like it's the finger of god but i'm assuming uh, as she describes it as this benevolent uh, feeling of just you know good feelings that washes over her she's definitely in the kumbaya camp as far as the aliens are concerned now i want to take a look at this next article talking a little bit more about uh, goldie hans experience at being touched physically by an alien. I want to get in a little deeper on this Goldie Hawn alien uh, experience where she claims to have been actually physically touched by an alien and the emotional impact that left on her. 
Uh, this article talking about the same thing comes to us from VanityFair.com. It's like I stated, October 23rd, 2023. says, Goldie Hawn knows that aliens have touched her face. Article begins and says, Goldie Hawn believes that she's had a close encounter with the third kind. I, I don't think that's correct. I think it's supposed to be a close encounter of the third kind. On a new episode of the Apple's fitness and audio experience time to walk the oscars and golden globe winner recounts her experience with extraterrestrials and her journey with them over the years a dancer by trade han was just a 20 year old in anaheim california when she first began wondering about the great unknown that was a time you know there was a lot of ufo sightings says han during the episode i remember this so clearly i went outside my door and i sat on the little ledge and i looked up at the dark sky and i saw all these stars and all I could think of was, how far does this go? How little are we? And are we the only planet in the whole wide universe that has life on it? It was then, she says, that she knew she was destined to make contact with aliens. I said, I know you're out there. I know we're not alone. And I would like to meet you one day. It's interesting. She said she felt like she was destined to make contact. Smash cut to four months later when the future First Wives Club star was working another dance job in West Covina, California, a city that's very close to the desert, as she's careful to note. Exhausted from dance rehearsals, Han asked a friend if she would take a nap in his if she could take a nap in his car, a decision that still baffles her to this day. I don't know why I did that, she says. I don't know why I didn't just lie down in the bleachers. After getting in the car to sleep, I got this high pitched sound in my ear. It was high. It was this high, high frequency. That's when she looked out the window. I saw these two or three triangular-shaped heads, Han recalls. They were silver in color, slashed for a mouth, tiny little nose, no ears. They were pointing at me, pointing at me in the car as if they were discussing me, like I was a subject, and they were droning. Throughout her encounter with her two to three silver-headed creatures, she was unable to move her body. Han says, I was paralyzed, and I thought, oh my, I want to get up. But I, di I didn't know if it was real or not real. Eventually, Han was able to burst out of the episode, she says. It was like bursting out of, a, out of a force field, she recounts. Of course, I go back to all this kids and stuff, and I went, oh, I think I made contact with outer space. That's weird to me that you could be basically held down in like this sleep paralysis mode and then think that these things somehow were akin to the uh, touch of God, the finger of God, she says. While she makes no mention of a visit to Roswell, New Mexico, Han tells us that years later, she discussed her apparent extraterrestrial experience with an astrophysicist at the University of Illinois, Urbana-Champaign. I want to talk to you about that, Han recalls him saying. I've been basically researching this for 25 years, and I'd like to know your experience. The memories, Han says, came flooding back. They touched my face, says an emotional Han. They touched my face, and it felt like the finger of God. It was the most benevolent, loving feeling. This was powerful. It was filled with light. Now, this is what's strange to me. And people just, you know, people just trusting their basic emotions in a situation like this. I mean, she says she says it, it was benevolent. Well, how, I don't see being held down against your will as being benevolent. The article continues, it says, and that wasn't the end of it. Years later, Han says, her lifelong curiosity about intelligent extraterrestrial life brought her and her friend to the English village of Avebury. It was a certain time when the crop circles would come up, Han says. 
So now we were going out for me to learn more about them. What are these crop circles about? Han notes that she'd recently had a dream in which she was looking over a valley and saw six lights come up over the mountain. In the dream, I said, oh goody, they're here, she remembers. They're finally here. Han's dream became something of a reality when she arrived in Avebury and was told a new crop circle had appeared the night before. We got to the spot and I was standing on this hill looking down over a valley that was dark, says Han. That was exactly the spot in my dream. In the spot from her dream, she says, lay a heart-shaped crop circle. Usually it's a tree of life. It's something geometric, Han says, explaining crop circles. They all said, we've never seen this before. Well, we've, I've seen these crop circles, and I don't know, man. They're all over the place. While she doesn't know if it's proof of anything concrete, Han sounds more than happy to keep believing in the extraterrestrials that have captivated her ever since she was a 20-year-old dancer. We can never lose our wonder, says Han. It's just no fun. It's really an important aspect of being an adventurer where nothing is impossible. Well, I mean, I'm glad that she's come forward and talked about her experience. I'm not sure I agree with her, sex, her assessment of it, but it is fascinating to think of Goldie Hawn there, you know, 50 years ago, laying in the backseat of that car, being visited by two or three aliens and these droning voices where, you know, looking back, then she becomes almost emotionally overcome with this thought that they were benevolent. I'm not exactly sure where the emotional connection happens. I mean, you're in a backseat of a car, you're laying down in a prone position. Yeah, she says that she can't move, that she finally burst through this force field. So obviously she's being held there against her will. But then when she looks back at the experience, oh, it was the greatest thing since sliced bread. That's what I see. That's common with a lot of these alien abduction experiences. I think it's some sort of mind control. Let's look at this next article here. Now, I'd mentioned that Goldie Hawn's partner, Kurt Russell, had had a UFO experience back in 1997. Rather serendipitous, it seems, as it turns out. This article is from IndieWire.com. It says, Kurt Russell reveals he was a pilot who reported the Phoenix Lights UFO sighting. And then this is date on this is June 15th, 2017. Every UFO obsessive knows about the Phoenix Lights, a mass sighting that took place in 1997. As it turns out, Kurt Russell was a pilot who first reported what has since become one of the best-known UFO incidents, something he casually revealed during a recent BBC interview. You know, if you know, if you're a UFO buff like me, you know that 1997 Phoenix Lights that was a big deal, a huge case. So the UFOs witnessed by I don't know hundreds and thousands of people. It turns out, Kurt Russell, uh, the partner, I guess, of Goldie Hawn was the first pilot to report this thing. He wasn't seeing flares. He was seeing a UFO. He says, I was flying, and then it says, brackets, his son Oliver to go see his girlfriend, and we were on approach, Russell explained. I saw six lights over the airport in absolute formation, in a V shape. Oliver said to me, I was just looking at him. I was coming in. We're maybe a half mile out. And Oliver said, Pa, what are those lights? Then I kind of came out of my reverie and I said, I don't know what they are. He said, are we okay here? And I said, yeah, I'm gonna call in and I reported it. Russell said he didn't think much of the incident after that, but eventually noticed his wife Goldie Hawn watching a TV show about it a few years later, a moment he likens to Richard Dreyfuss in Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Yeah, you know, I don't think that Kurt Russell saw flares. And first off, why would the, why would the Army or Air Force whoever be dropping flares over an airport approach. That would just be stupid. So, I mean, you could just you could just 
discount the parallel narrative as far as I'm concerned. Kurt Russell, he's flying into Phoenix. He sees these uh, six lights, he says, in a V formation. So he realizes he's looking at a UFO. And he says he came out of his reverie. Well, he was just kind of excited to see it. He's like, wow, what is that? You know, that's a normal reaction. And he does the responsible thing. He reports these lights to ground control. So I, I just, it's so bizarre to me how she tells us she had this experience, you know, uh, back, I suppose, 50 years ago. And here he is in 1997, which I guess would have been, what, 30 years later. And her partner, he's having his own UFO experience, although be it not a close-up personal hands-on experience with UFOs like Goldie Hawn reported. Now, while her experience, she she says, was a good experience, uh, she felt, you know, like she'd been touched by the finger of God. It was benevolent. Other people have had experiences that have not been quite so clear-cut in, in the uh, good direction. And I want to take a look at this next article and get into that just a little bit. Now, there's another famous case uh, that's also in the headlines uh, past couple days besides Goldie Hawn talking about her experience with aliens. And this is an aerial school UFO incident. Uh, there's a new movie coming out about that. Fascinating case. This happened, if you can go to Wikipedia and see this happened on uh, the 16th of September, 1994. There was a UFO sighting outside Rua, Zimbabwe. 62 pupils at the aerial school aged between 6 and 12 said that they saw one or more silver craft descend from the sky and land on a field near their school. Some of the children claimed that one or more of the creatures dressed all in black then approached and telepathically communicated to them a message with an environmental theme, frightening them and causing them to cry. Doesn't sound like the same kind of experience that Goldie had. The 14 writer Jerome Clark has called the incident the most remarkable close encounter of the third kind of the 1990s. I would agree with that. Some skeptics have described the incident as one of mass hysteria. Not all the children at the school that day stated they saw something. That's correct. Several of those that did maintain their account of the incident is true. Yeah, you know, here we are, what, 30 years later, and these people are still saying, yeah, this is exactly what happened. Now, let's just get into a little bit to what some of those experiences were that these young kids had with their uh, alien encounter and compare that to what Goldie Hawn says that she experienced. Now, I want to compare Goldie Hawn's experience of this warm, you know, fuzzing, loving, benevolent experience. She says she felt like she was touched by the finger of God to what some of the experiences at this aerial school felt. And even the uh, producer of this new movie coming out, Randall Nickerson, he apparently has also been experienced and doesn't seem like it's been that positive for him. Now, the article that we're looking at is from uh, whyy.org. And the, the article title says, Documentary Explores a UFO Sighting that Changed the Course of 62 Children's Lives. Talking about the aerial phenomena, it says, When I asked Randall Nickerson what led him to make Aerial Phenomena, a documentary about a mass UFO sighting by 62 school children in Zimbabwe, he told me the answer was personal. I was also very young when I first saw something that didn't make sense, he said. Nickerson doesn't like talking about exactly what it was that he saw, except to say that it happened more than once while he was out roaming the acres of forest surrounding his childhood home in Massachusetts. He doesn't consider himself a believer, a term that implies faith without proof, so much as a witness. I didn't have to believe it because I saw it. There's a big difference, he said. Nobody's explained the things that I've seen. Nickerson describes himself as a nuts and bolts kind of guy, a realist, but these experiences never left him, and as he got older, they weighed on his mind. 
It's very isolating, I think, because you really can't talk about it, he said. And even with other people who have had the same experience, you really don't talk about it too much because it's so disturbing. This is the reaction that a lot of people have when they have encounters with these things. That Their reality is so rocked by what they've seen, that they're not able to compartmentalize things. It completely upends their way of seeing uh, reality, their, their view of reality, how they think things work. Now, it goes on and says, for years, Nickerson kept his experiences shut away in his mind. He attended a few meetings with other experiencers, as they're called, but mostly he stayed on the sidelines. Nickerson agreed and began pouring through hours of video interviews with John Mack. Nickerson agreed and began pouring through hours of video interviews that John Mack had done with the children. Quickly, he realized this was a much bigger story than he could fit in a short film. Over the next 15 years, Nickerson made three trips to Zimbabwe, conducted dozens of interviews, and along with his team, immersed himself in hours of archival footage, all in an effort to piece together one of the strangest and most haunting UFO sightings ever recorded. goes on, it says, In September 1994, Lee Chahardin, war correspondent, who passed away in 2011, had been reporting on the aerial school incident and didn't know what to make of it. This was, of course, Zimbabwe's war correspondent, Tim Leach. It says, It was a brief and airy story, and weeks later, the kids remained terrified and disturbed. His quotes, along with those of John Mack and the school children, are drawn from archival tape included in Aerial Phenomena. He says, I could handle war zones, but I could not handle this UFO thing, Leach said. It just didn't make sense, and that's when I had to call in extra help. By that time, John Mack had earned a growing reputation as an expert in UFO encounters. It was considered an odd, even disreputable choice for Mack, a Pulitzer Prize winner and head of Harvard Psychiatry Department. That's kind of a big deal. But Leach reasoned Mack's experience and credentials could bring a level of credibility to his reporting and maybe help get to the bottom of what had really happened. When Mack arrived at the school a few weeks later, trailed by a filmmaker, he asked Ariel's headmaster, Colin Mackey, what he thought had happened. Do you think it's possible that one imaginative child had a story and kind of stirred the rest of them, Mack said. I don't believe that. I don't believe, Mackey said. I honestly believe they saw something, but for me to actually draw a conclusion as to what it was, I don't think I could do that at this point. The rest of the staff at the aerial school had mixed opinions. And then it goes on and talks a little bit about what these kids saw, how they reacted to it. And I want to get down to here to where they're talking about these aliens, that how they got off the ship, how they interacted with the kids, and what the actual children felt compared to what Goldie Hawn felt when they communicated with these aliens. Now, these kids talk about how these aliens, four foot tall, dressed in these black, you know, form-fitting outfits, they kind of bouncily ran across the field. And it says here, finally the figure stopped in front of them. In their interviews with Mac, the children over and over again focused on its eyes, big, black, shiny pools that they found they couldn't look away from. Sounds like mind control to me. Quote, it looked evil because it was just staring at me, one girl said, as if it wanted to come and take us. The figure never actually said anything, but several of the kids who were looking in its eyes said that they somehow received a message in their minds. A few of the children said it was about something that's going to happen. When Mac asked what that something was, the kids returned different answers, but all along the same theme. Pollution, one boy said. I think they want people to know that we're actually making harm on this world, said a girl with blonde pigtails, and we mustn't get too technologed. <laughs> Most chilling was a vision of a third little girl. It was like in the world, all the trees would just go down, and there would be no air, and people would be dying, she said. 
I think that in space there's no love and down here there is. That is so profound. In space there is no love and down here there is. What was that little kid tuning in on? The children we talked with clearly were talking about a phenomena that occurred in physical reality, he said. The stories were consistent and the way they talked about it left virtually no question in our minds that what happened was just about what they said happened. For a while, the story was a global news and then it mostly faded away until Randall Nicholson has picked up the thread in 2007. What I really uh, intrigues me about this is, you know, take somebody like uh, Goldie Hawn. She's looking back 50 years at, at an encounter that happened, you know, in the 1970s. And she says, oh, it was wonderful. It was like the hand of God touched me in the finger of God. But she's not really seeming to uh, analyze the fact that she was laying there uh, basically paralyzed, unable to move. She says she felt like she broke through a force field when she got out doesn't sound like the hand of God to me. Where's the free will at? And then you compare that to these little kids who uh, John Mack interviewed right after it happened. And they're telling you about their experience with these aliens. None of them seem to be that positive. Kids said they thought they were evil. They scared them. They gave them this kind of uh, generalized feeling that something bad was going to happen to the earth, that humans were destroying the earth through pollution. No solutions, just problems. I'm seeing two... Uh, two ends of the spectrum here as far as these interactions with aliens and humans go. Of course, we could go even further and talk about some of the abductions and some of the terrible things that have happened to people, been reported, people having implants put in them and all these other sorts of things. I, I just find it um, so interesting that we have this range of interactions. And now here lately, we have Goldie Hawn coming out and saying, yes, I did have this uh, alien encounter and um, I found it to be benevolent, loving, and kind. So I guess you have to make up your own mind. But until next time, this is UFO Warning over and out.